Grotesques, a decoration in black and white, by Cloyd Head. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. To the memory of a clear night with stars in it. Santa Barbara, June twenty second, nineteen fifteen. Characters. Capuchard, read by Chuck Williamson. The Woman Motive, read by Libby Gone. The Man Motive, read by Peter Tucker. The Girl Motive, read by Christine G. The Sprite Motive, read by Tricia G. The Crone Motive, read by Lucy Perry. Voices, read by Tricia G. The Owl, read by Anastasia Saloha. Narrator, read by Algy Pug. The reader is seated in the theatre of his imagination. After an overture, delicate and not without irony, the curtain between the reader and the play is drawn upward. Before him is placed a decoration in black and white, a flat, conventionalized design of tall white trees upon a black background. This background is framed and occupies somewhat more than half of the width of the stage. To his left, the white disk of the moon is drawn in a clear space of black sky. Opposite, on the branch of one of the trees, is a black owl, faintly outlined. Beneath the trees, the zigzag convention by which the idea brook is visualized. A single lotus rises from this left, and nearby are the white representations of rocks. About three feet forward from this background, extending from its edge to either side of the stage, is a frame of dark gauze, behind which droop the grotesques, inanimate, awaiting the need of them. They have white faces lined with black, and their arms and hands are white. Close against the background, in the centre, stands Capulchard, master of the decoration, a sardonic figure with long, tense fingers. He is the designer, and because the basis of decoration is pantomime, he weaves but the minimum of words through these episodes, developing them rather by curious groupings broken in outline by the mergence of white and black against the black and white of the background. After a pause, turning towards the audience. This is a forest. That is a grotesque. You will find the forest somewhere in your thought. Its trees are graphic, like an arabesque. The pale moon shines. I touch it with my hand. I dip the water from the brook beneath and fling it high among the leaves like dew. The effect is there, although the fact is not. So shall all things here seem illusory. Who cares? Who knows what brook is in his mind or in yours? It's the quintessence only that endures, the moon, that clear quintessence, sea is split to myriad moons on the brook, each moon like it. The moons are washed away, but there's the moon. Thus with design I draw you these grotesques. 
for your amusement spur them into life sign for things signified the hieroglyph give o'er philosophy to beldemowl she thinks not but you think the thought she should how wise a counsellor if she does not hoot and break the illusion the idol speaks and thence the abode of wisdom is transferred its seat is now i dare say in the moon till sunrise open the picture book the first design a song these be the words Capulchard makes a sign towards the woman who, inert, is behind the screen on the left. She lifts her head and sings as if without consciousness. Singing at left. With body enwrapped in a mantle light, softly adown the shadowy night. Lo, the moon, neath overlaced branches white. The song pauses for a moment while he takes the crone from behind the screen on the right, gives her a staff, and places her within the edge of the decoration, whereof she at once becomes a part. Resuming his former position. In counterpoint, enter a stooped grotesque. Tell where goest thou, crone? Crossing. To a palace that's dark. The grave. I know not. I am blind, stone blind. Continuing her song. White birds on the white-branched motionless trees, two by two. Dark my steps fall faint, Japanese. Love am I, I am hate, yet know nothing of these. Thou art old. Read the song. She is young time is naught when it's past and the staff seeks no light of the moon frail withered leaf the first november wind exit the crone who upon reaching the edge of the decoration becomes inert and sinks down limply behind the screen the song full-throated dark and passionate her lover no, we'll save the pencil stroke. My beloved awaiting me, swift toward the spring, I approach. There is silence. The kiss that I bring. Capulchard has pushed the crone back. He now lifts the woman, clad in a dark mantle edged with white, and places her at the edge of the decoration. She enters. The kiss. To the mocking-voiced echoes I sing. An interval, to herself, in a slow, monotonous voice. Warm path by the stream, thou art chill to-night, phantom shadows weave. She glides off, right, and sinks down, inert. Her voice glides past, like it was she, dark, sinuous delight expressive outline bound her beauty fast 
Therewith she and the episode stop short. Inceptive decoration. Play it out, each as you will. The sequence unenslaved. It's not to these grotesques unconscious strings scraped into melody but else inert and yet why hunt your pleasure to its death ignore the ending trace a new design black background disc of the moon create a sprite whose presence makes this wood an eerie place he goes right, and, lifting the sprite, a curious black-and-white figure, brings it to the edge of the decoration. There's little trick to the supernatural. Tiptoe a tread through the wood by the brook, the sprite enters, oh ho! Dance, crinkled stream! Ha! A dragonfly poised upon air! <sighs> Be gone! It is night! Bowing. Madame Owl! Hoot! Toohoo! Hoo! Brisk maker of shadows, clown moon! He stands grimacing at it. Then, upon a gesture from Capulchard, he begins, with arms and fingers, a shadow dance, rapid and spontaneous, but wholly conventionalized. There are, of course, no shadows. Quick, clown moon, make them faster! Capulchard abruptly stops him on a posture at the extreme left. The dance proceeds, conventioned in a pose, yet the design wants counterbalance. Here to the right I'll place the girl motive. He lifts the girl from the receptacle, right, and places her at the edge of the decoration, giving her at the same time a conventionalized symbol representing a bird. She enters in the controlled and exaggerated manner characteristic of the grotesques, her movements wholly conventionalized and idyllic. Her costume, predominantly white, remains constant through all the episodes. Capulchard, at once developing the possibilities of the design, directs the notice of the sprite to her. To herself, motionless. Who am I that come? caressing tenderly the sign of bird a girl in white alone beside the pattern brook i wonder without fear of fear not having heard meanwhile upon this sward beneath these trees i rest and say sweet bird here bathe your wings where the pure white lotus flowers dream prettily to the audience hark the bird sings with a clare with a clare i gave her that phrase out of character she looks seeing the sprite who stands hungrily erect poised to leap towards her she is struck motionless neath the moon holding them apart in a pause which he carefully guards Note how sensitively to the artist's will, even the minutest shade, the figures drawn respond. Though tense the moment, yet the crux seems somewhat too abrupt. If we instead design her as if thralled by fantasy, 
bound by the spell of her own wayward longing her expression changes from fear to eagerness capulchard places on her robe one or two conventionalized black leaves he then extricates the man from among the grotesques left gives him a bow and places him at the edge of the decoration capulchard steps back almost invisible against the wood with tread firm and taut deep through this strange wood fearless come i hunter of mighty beasts by prowess conqueror else slain one arrow unsped yet left soul in my quiver designing as she cowers from the man having crossed he turns but she who shuns release from love of dreams go hence are you a mortal maiden that dread less this place than seize the sprite ah the tragic primitive she's mine come spirits portray ghosts by effect against the black black ghosts white against white recoiling pale phantoms four three five fright him dare dreams thoughtfully as the man turns to flee his movement outward draws discordant line courage would make the rhythm more compact stand therefore made to assume toward the girl an attitude of protection which would surmount his own fear therefore i stand his courage wakens love beckoning her as she turns from him he cannot hold you a pause then the sprite snaps his fingers indifferently they are gone forth i follow the brook to the end where a pixie exit outside the frame he falls inert the end is not far distant either way to left to right the picture has an edge passing her hand across her brow how came i to this forest we'll omit the anticlimax princess the routine that ends all well instead a love theme weave a tapestry of passion darker toned placing the woman motive in her stead redraw the man as warrior ever then you will protect me from all danger grasping the girl he replaces the girl inanimate among the grotesques right then he returns to the man who now is alone on the stage giving him a mantle and sword instead of a bow as he does this the man by a great unconscious effort tries to reach towards her capulchard is surprised but smiles ironically the impulse dies a mantle then a sword thus achieve strength intelligence rank power and the rest that give a warrior capability to lead an army to a city's gates and she 
the daughter of his foe he lifts the woman giving her a costume that suggests a princess and places her at the right edge of the decoration to the man adjust to rhythm of the new design the shout of battle has ceased from the darkened plain black swords now no more clash in a white sky here shall i rest till dawn not victor while their four-walled city holds unvanquished holding out her hands towards him forth from the citadel i bear a gift would it were thou desire as thou wilt to herself of the city which love had tempted her to betray to him no longer am i peril of my realm no barrier lies between my will and me go lest that weary after battle i a pause which leads to a new grouping this bank shall be our bed o my beloved this brook shall be the music of our night the lotus shall yield wine o my beloved perfume of drowsiness desire thou to the might of my love captive translate the rhythm from their words to deeper silence none draw the erotic quite as beardsley could yet strange this governed transcript of a mood they cannot feel while you disquietude sex love the theme's not false is it you prefer tang always well then chance shall wreck their love though i am lost my realm i've not betrayed by opening our strong-walled city's gates to bring thee forcing her from him with a vitality of rhythmic line which suggests will effort to thy realm thou shalt return quick lock thy beauty by a thousand bars that my one longing may give armies strength to find my way to thee that strength is vain the dawn shall tell them that from thee i come disaster climax let us turn the page new motive her as queen the man as one neath even her scorn an outlaw meanwhile say the dawn shall tell them that from thee i come and they will send me forth an outcast shamed capelchard with his hand touches her as she moves to the edge of the decoration right what art thou stay i will spare thy realm dawn blackens she falls inert after a pause that every episode must this way end limits the rhythm like a clash of line breaking it by mere harsh irrelevance she does not answer where an afterglow searching interpret as avoiding search thereby are outlaw fleeing they hunt me warrior outlaw she is lost let the theme create me ex officio spectre appear recoiling in the grotesque manner in response to a direct gesture from capelchard 
what figure tense dark-robed phantom against the dark resuming his mastery the outlaw baffled in his strength aghast stares seemingly since he is a grotesque and by good fortune to his self-respect insensible but with the tang you crave as i no less being thicker rhythms restored he speaks to someone <sighs> as before vaguely to himself he speaks to someone does the marionette grasp at its strings slowly and with effort but turning directly towards capelchard you speak to the audience howe'er this lead exit waits poised whereby to render him inert you speak to those who see you make to disobey who come to observe that which you would resist for whose regale the decorations wrought the audience gods after a moment of indecision he kneels slowly in an attitude of worship before capelchard at a distance from him huh? what's this gods look upon us he has seen the gods i speak with them they answer after a pause they are there high priest to himself not without self-consciousness true i address the gods he steps aside left kneeling to vacancy looks up vanished he rises devoutly tis holy ground an altar i will raise he shapes the stones into a rude altar capelchard smiles holding the design in rhythm i will give thanks unto our gods and plead of them protection i am their grotesque i will be strong and bold placing the convention of fire on the altar not strength from you but cowardice an outlaw they require hid in this forest at their will i lurk the courage of the willing sacrifice the mannequin in uniform his pride he goes right and lifting the woman places upon her shoulders the white mantle of a queen at the scene's edge a crown upon her brow she stands contrasted motives soon shall she recoil in terror would you have her speak to the woman i'll give you utterance of what you are a woman in her eyes the sign of grief a queen who walks in solitude gravely within her heart who knows what sorrows mourn who knows what sorrows still she comes she sees the man and starts back in a conventionalized movement suggesting dread with her body they look at one another a silence a change comes over the woman she closes her eyes i feel a strange unfolding as from sleep look at me longer you are beautiful 
Why do you cower from me? Puppet queen. I and the gods have me their outlaw made. Reacting to the decoration. The dread of capture held his eyes to mine. I love. That dagger bright wakes. Fear. Perhaps, conscious a bit, they might have further tang. There's not more pliant than a little fire. Twas the gods' will. We've pleased them. They... Alas, that I am a royal. Stay! Capulchard makes a gesture that separates them. With a gesture of great tenderness, gliding back repulses the man. The man looks at Capulchard. Turn not aside to ask the obvious. Are you not outlaw? Ay, the gods! The gods! Capulchard does not answer, but places the girl at the edge of the decoration, right. With a gesture, he causes the man, in conventionalized movement, to creep back into the forest, left. There was a theme, had it been wise to risk, that for her he had slain the king, and she... but no. Such was I once. I will not wake her. Exit the woman, right. She falls inert. However, now they are no more extant. Dismiss them out of memory. Behold, amid the night sounds of the forest, enter the girl motive. Only the cold white trees and the silver moon and rippling thin at my feet, the slender glint of the zigzag brook, clear waters fleet. I, alone in the darkness lost, who is that tall? Ah! I'll hedge her with a storm. Uprise the rushing sound of wind. An owl cry. Plunder storm phantoms blind. They scream. Tis the rattle of the branches save me seek shelter he places a cloud pattern across the moon veil of the moonlight quick ere the flashing streak white fire shall speed ignition to the clouds and form a fusion with their black genetic strength he abruptly unrolls a sharp white streak of lightning against the sky with eclat the storm the girl with highly elaborate gestures expressing fear sinks down capulchard takes the fire from the altar silence to imply the presence of the storm loud roars through the thick pouring rain thunder at each imagined sound of thunder she trembles fears throng her heart terror to her supplied by your fecund imagination oh take down the storm therein she doth abide as in a fortress let the storm be past he takes the clouds and lightning down from shelter creep 
symbols of forest things i now exclaim lead me hence someone help me i am lost footsteps then hark of whom capelchard lifts the crone placing her at the left edge of the decoration i'll honour you with their attention as she hesitates through weariness forth i heard two voices one of them a maid if she be young enough where are you dear silence she wanders toward the right the girl crossing frightened in rhythmic contrast i had these words to speak are you afraid about warm love old age comes soon pause i dare not leave the streamside she will learn teach her whoever it be so Capelchard? exit the crone right she falls inert designed as if frightened but a little curious what would she teach white cheeks to flame and burn till all their fire is dead to flame and burn capelchard shrugs his shoulders then striding left he takes a handful of water drops from the brook and flings them into the sky beside the moon they become seven conventionalized white stars a curtain cannot be the play goes on scene follows scene must follow without pause he turns reluctantly to the man who lies inanimate outside the frame subtly glancing at the audience i'll put his consciousness in fealty he lifts the man clothes him in a monastic garb and places him at the right edge of the decoration in his hand he places an actual brilliantly colored flower he shall forget the woman motive now garbed mind has use it keeps the scene intact sometimes intoning behold the ancient altar of this wood i cannot quite remember yet there was someone it was not you though she is fair it seems i've journeyed here from far away from distant plains great cities or a sea where the waves are alternate black and white and a black sun shines in a chalk-white sky flecked by dark clouds and birds black soaring high while over the sea ride chequered ships with white sail fastened to ebon mast the ports they make are cities vast with spires minarets and domes all black and white here first the very presence of the gods what have you in your hand an offering standing very close to him and looking at the flower the flower is not real like that one indicating the conventionalized lotus no it lives the lotus is like time misunderstood and here and there it's neither black nor white i know not what that is which came as i fashioned the petals gift of the gods a seal of their benignity i like the gods turning towards the audience the gods watch over us they guard us well 
they have no other thought but for our good and not a bird sign falls but they behold it place now this flower humbly on their shrine your hands are pure and stainless as the light reflected to the moon and seven stars you like my hands why do i find you here that theme has character i'll give her words it is dark night and i had lost my way but now that you are come i do not care we are alone the gods seem so far off she takes the flower crosses with delicate conventionalized movement to the right of the altar and kisses the flower she starts slightly but does not speak until she has placed it on the altar twas acceptable night and the stars and silence in the wood and she what do you mean i love you then you will not do me harm she creeps away the man gaining control of himself kneels penitently beside the altar somewhat a climax if we quickly pass we'll take her off though that is dangerous scenes must progress the girl creeps into the forest right capelchard stands at the edge of the decoration as she falls inert presently the man looks up a pause forgive me oh forgive i know that i shall never see her more beyond this length of forest all is void how can the gods stand by and see so fair and innocent a creature perish yet raise not one hand to help her or restrain do they snatch joy from her unhappiness Keppelchard places the woman at the right edge of the decoration nay they are gods their silence must have cause immortal life death would not then be true the man turns abruptly who are you that have strength to look at grief i know grief's pain the memories garnering swift let the past sweep backward from their ken completed they might will the past restored did we appeal humbly he looks in mute appeal towards the audience a pause his hope breaks capelchard smiles the gods are kind but wish to be amused obey the decoration be not like the marionette who learned that there were strings and seeking independence severed them a silence Capelchard has removed the monastic garb from the man. If I, knowing sorrow, could teach happiness. Await the tang. Their search will yield you tang. Brief shall the scene be, so with stress designed. You were their answer. Yes. She starts. Gods kill at last all moods of life in turn sweep through my heart each sings a moment passes and is gone like winds of evening winds of night and dawn your heart is not inconstant not my heart there is a mystery i know their weights our love 
deep grounded in the roots of life eternal flee i bring unhappiness has he learned not transience let them weave the theme one weapon craft we'll make our own design shadows who'd swing the moon the man draws her into a pose suggesting two lovers this becomes the motive of the design as with a glance at capulchard she yields victory how slight a breath would puff them pell-mell into space and free the canvas for a different theme after a long pause seize in this one embrace our happiness swift to my lips now duty what an importe quietly looking past the man to capulchard i know that you must leave me now the while that love may be so perfect ere the gods destroy and return to find me they move to the right edge of the decoration dearest wait he turns aside left she smiles looking upward her smiles become ecstasy the tang he touches her upon the shoulder she steps quietly from the decoration the man turns a very long silence capulchard watches the design with interest dynamic to the man in the will lies no redress he grasps the lotus from the stream and offers it to the man taste the lotus its forgetfulness the man unconsciously in deep thought wanders into the forest left thus ends revolt if they should strive once more to the lotus regrasp the booklet doubtless they will strive hm. nietzsche implies a gododimerong grotesques are something that must be surpassed but you their gods for whom they are created ultimate critics in olympian chairs shall laugh at their weak struggle to be <laughs> gods therefore we'll give them incarnation now though many interludes suggest themselves war themes the lithuania we've warned he takes the woman from where she has fallen right and places her at the edge of the decoration speaking to the audience but she hearing if still untamed they catch at the design first like a net it shall them close and mesh then you may strike almighty gods by me let her be woman temptress he a knight he places the man not in a knight's costume at the left edge of the decoration the woman crouches at the right i wove a path here swiftly through the trees did not a voice call to the great white road in peril 
No. Was it your voice I heard? Seeing the opportunity for a double rhythm. Mine was a voice in silence crying stay. To her. That Mrs. Character. The lifted voice of all downtrodden pleads. What right hath love? Save us! And therefore I adventure forth with deep reluctance. We must part bravely. Part, that you may seek quest where search is vain, beyond the decoration. Your glory foredoomed ever to suborn. Think not of that. Yield if I tempt thee. Misinterpreting. Good. False to ourselves. The gods will welcome it. That gives their picture zest. With a look at the audience. They blaspheme you. Our honour, nay, our love, they have made sport to thrill them. I am set to tempt that they may see you false, if yet our baffled love, again reincarnated, plead unslain. There is no duty greater than our love. Yield, let them relish it. They'll hear us. Ay, and let them. Cruel, they are powerless, except to gaze. You love me, let them gaze. Why heed their laughter or their froth of tears? Indicating Capelchard. But he? Their priest. He too seeks but design. I strive. My strife is futile. And I yield. He reclines beside her. You were alone. I needed you so much. We must have strength. To the audience. Enjoy. What wreck their words, so the design lead whither it was planned? A little, and they forth shall fly in space after the manner of created things to plead your mercy. I will see to that. What does he mean? It is some threat, perhaps. If we could draw remorse. Going quickly to the right edge of the decoration. My lover. We have found our buried life. Fear not. They only see... What matter? Voices. Without. Come, we call. No, no. Muttering to him as he glances at the audience. Beyond is not, except the gods. Do you not feel their eyes? Eyes that stare, waiting. We were happy. Come. To the audience. They hear the voices, but only in your minds. So that was a symbol merely. This is fact. He has lifted the girl right. She stands for an instant, then, with conventionalised movement, turns towards the man. As always, controlled. Alas, not lost, nor slain. Even that were best. Rather than find you false to the god's will, than tell you to go forth, it might be you, could save all decoration. Save? Thereby? His going would depict altruism to the woman she does not know nor we surely 
looking towards the girl almost in the manner of the early grotesques beyond the decoration there is naught that's real except the gods the good will conquer us our love our life for the pleasure of the strengthless gods if there be she stops the man with a conventionalized movement is approaching the girl with a sharp cry no it is revolt concealed those ancient staring eyes that will outlive the moon and stars compel us to submit the puffed-up bubbles burst looking toward Keppelchard. whatever we do ends as he planned once more unhappiness to herself now we may conquer hope and end all fear to the man unhappiness i ask no less from them after a moment what would you have me do i have betrayed you even her our love this penance turning front i am a grotesque we will no longer bow the prey of gods he destroys the altar a pause they have no answer ha nor power they can only stare here o ye gods who brought us into life we fling defiance give us freedom oh they shall have freedom even as they wish freedom beyond their wish freedom complete and even the gods shall hesitate to laugh we'll pause merely to mend the broken rhythm we must stand firm i cannot save you no Keppelchard brings the sprite from the right edge of the decoration at Keppelchard's direction the sprite bends towards the girl as the sprite seizes her ah oh, catch me not so i have you for myself with a glance at the man thus far forever if there come no help a silence that brings the design to complete stagnation a pause the lights of the auditorium are very slightly illuminated a pause the lights diminish and go out mercy not mercy from them hate at last the gods Keppelchard looks at the grotesques he smiles what matter let the end be dexterous then to new canvas and a different theme backgrounds as many as the stars themselves and these grotesques would seek a wider range a third dimension something infinite pray to the gods yes offer them a prayer now like a demon of dread power fast to their small eyes but small to me myself lo i take down the moon erase the stars he does so there is no less light it is the end i love you we have loved caught in the void will sweep the canvas clear 
new decoration say by alistair <laughs> for naught is permanent excepting change he tears away the background and goes out leaving the stage a void filled by a strange diminishing light which penetrates beyond into the surrounding nowhere an emptiness in which the grotesques including the crone whom he flings forward with the others move vaguely a pause have mercy upon us a long silence curtain end of grotesques a decoration in black and white by cloyd head